Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset Podcast. As a special bonus today, I'm going to play a chapter for my upcoming audiobook, Millennial Money Mindset, If You Want the Fruits, You Need the Roots. This chapter is basically about how business cycles and the seasons of the year are similar. And like the weather, it's difficult to predict the daily fluctuations. The aim of a financial plan can be to season-proof your portfolio so overall um, you can thrive in any condition. Hope you enjoy the show. Chapter 6. The Seasons The seasons are beautiful. The sound of the ocean lapping against the sand is evidence that order exists in nature. The seasons are both segments of time and states of mind. With markets, just like the seasons, there are distinct cycles. This is called the business cycle. This cycle has patterns that means it's more probable that the economic winds will be colder in the winter of recession than it will be in the summer of expansion. Knowing these patterns can mean the difference between planting the right seed or investment that will flourish in these conditions or a seed that will not. The aim, of, the aim is to season-proof your portfolio so that you can thrive in any condition. There is order and predictability in nature. Right from the smallest tree right up to the vast Milky Way galaxies, they share a similar pattern. These patterns were written about by a mathematician called Fibonacci. Fibonacci numbers are everywhere in in nature. Have a look at the illustration um, on the chapter six and it will show you Fibonacci numbers in more detail. Nature is its own free market. And the laws of demand and supply, as Adam Smith, he's the guy on your £20 note, by the way, as Adam Smith described, also applied. It's a much more efficient allocation of resources than any design could achieve. A more efficient economy is created to benefit of the whole society. Adam Smith called this the invisible hand, moving resources to where they are the most productive, the weather. In this seemingly order, in in this seemingly order, there is also chaos and unpredictability in nature. No one can predict accurately what the weather will be like today, a, a year from today. There are way too many variables and random events. In markets, no one knows the daily stock price will rise or fall a year from today. There is no perfect information. The daily markets fluctuate are like a stream that is in constant motion. It doesn't start, it doesn't stop, it doesn't wait. Even when the market is shut, prices are still in motion. However, in this seemingly In this seeming order, there is also chaos and unpredictability in nature.
when your mind and the market are in sync, you can sense what the market is about to do. So traders are notorious, this is what they're trying to do. Essentially, they're trying to get themselves and the market in sync with each other. So as if there's no separation between themselves and the collective consciousness or everyone participate in the market. So world-class traders can anticipate a change in the market. It's like being in complete harmony, similar to how a flock of birds are flying in the sky uh, and then suddenly move, or a, a school of fish suddenly change direct, direction simultaneously. It's a bit like there's a, it's a bit like they're all linked. It's like one um, one body with individual parts built up with them. So people become linked in the same way. So like in the markets, so people use. Um, Collectively, like the, the market mind, they all act in, in similar ways. So tapping into this collective consciousness is the way to anticipate a change in direction. So markets move up over time. The market is not just a line on the screen. The, the market represents actual real-life businesses that produce earnings and profits. To bet against the market... So to, to short a stock is to bet against its fundamental nature. So markets are like waves, as suggested by R. Elliot. So these waves rise and fall has in predictable patterns as it follows the mathematics that exists in nature. These waves get their patterns from the mathematics that are commonly seen in nature. Simply put, the stock market is a human creation and believe it or not, we humans are emotional creatures and therefore reflect humans' natural behaviour. These patterns are seen in nature from the smallest seashell on the beach and the patterns in the sunflower seeds up to the vast Milky Way galaxies. They all follow a similar mathematical pattern and these were first written about by the... Um, by Fibonacci, the Italian mathematician. He wrote that the proportions of these natural structures follow a predictable sequence when he measured them. He discovered that any two adjoining numbers equal the next highest number and creates what is known as a summation series. So this series of numbers follow um, as go, go as follows. So 1, 2, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, 55, 89, 144. So for example, the, looking at the first two numbers, so 1 plus 2 equals 3, and the next numbers 3 plus 5 equal 8, and then 13 plus 21 equals 34, and etc. It goes on and on um, until in, in infinity. So these num this, this law for nature was known to the designers of the great pyramids of Giza in e Egypt when they were first built in 2560 AD. So the outline of this side view of the pyramid has three lines, similar to that Fibonacci number. So the, in this pyramid, there are five sides or surfaces. The, the four above the ground, and then the one at the bottom, when viewed from the top of the pyramid, eight lines are visible, and therefore the total surface of the line are 13 
notice that number so you can see an illustration of this pyramid um, in 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 the book or I will put it online um, at my website so to make it easier to understand so the financial markets have similar patterns to both nature and the Great Pyramids these rise and fall ups and downs of the market are similar to the waves of an ocean with their own distinctive mathematical patterns that follow these Fibonacci numbers these oh, this is what um, Elliot um, called the R Elliot called Elliot waves and he div divided into major waves where the pattern moves upwards five times called a bull market followed downwards three times called a bear market this means that a total completed cycle is eight so five plus three equals eight see those numbers again those Fibonacci numbers so this can further subdivide into patterns and intermediate waves which move between the larger major waves and these patterns there are 21 upward moves like a bull market and 13 downward moves notice those numbers again so the total uh, completed cycles in the intermediate is 34 21 and 13 equals 34 the length of the wave may vary but never the number so all human activities have distinct features so patterns time and ratio and all all these observe the Fibonacci uh, summation series when I first noticed it my mind was blown <laughs> I was trading and someone told me this about Fibonacci numbers and it literally my mind um, exploded <laughs> um, so once these waves can be interpreted the knowledge may be applied to any movement and the same rules applies to patterns of any stocks any bond any grain any cotton any coffee or any human activity so we think we're we humans think we've been really clever but we're actually just following patterns of nature it's a bit like king canute who was um the king in like the third century or something and he sat on the beach and said right i'm the king of england i'm the most powerful person in the world i'm gonna command the waves to stop he sat on the beach but of course the waves just kept on coming because nature is almost is always going to be more powerful than humans and once we realize that we can actually see these patterns everywhere so these patterns um, these repetitive patterns in markets mixed with psychology of the masses over the long term time frames there are waves of similarities trends and corrections leading to market cycles so five waves that move up and then three waves move down so like a surfer reading the patterns of the wave or knowing the tide these waves um, count like a surfer trying to pick the biggest wave to ride so you need experience to understand these waves. It's a bit like learning to read. So once you know the, the words or the, the patterns that follow each other, then you can start to look at these waves using, this is called technical analysis, and it's a bit more um, kind of advanced um, than what um, you may necessarily need. But to understand this, it's, um, it's it really gets your money mindset uh, in order because you can actually understand how patterns and how markets move. So every action is followed by a reaction, like butterfly theory. So that flap of a wing by a butterfly can cause a hurricane the other side of the world due to the change in force and therefore the momentum and the vast amount, um, that this momentum over the vast amount of the mass of the ocean. So looking at charts and trying to spot patterns to predict what the 
Price will do is called technical analysis. So there's a big difference between speculating and investing and technical analysis. Um, so technical analysis is mainly used for speculation. So really it's for the when, when should you be buying? And so it's different between kind of um, when timing the market or trying to time the market. So timing in the market, being in the market, you're always going to benefit because you're going to get from the market always moves up over time and you also get dividend as well which we talked about uh, as you're right back in the chapter five um, but to know to know these uh, patterns can be really powerful and it can give you kind of mind space to know where the market's going and you can prepare your portfolio around it so yeah please note this is financial guidance and not advice so please go and see a professional if you have any questions so so what is the difference between speculating and investing? So speculating is betting that the price you pay today, someone will pay a higher price tomorrow. Whereas investing is buying an asset that you expect to get money, you expect to get your money back from what you paid and also a reward for taking that risk. The risk reward may be shares of the profit, the dividends, or it may be that the price of or that asset will grow over time. So due to human behavior repeating itself, there are patterns in charts. So traders take advantage of these patterns and try to predict what's going to happen next. So these two forces at work are greed and fear. So human psychology, which we'll talk about in chapter 9, means that patterns move in waves. So humans have evolved to be more emotionally attached to fear than greed. So this is called loss aversion and we talk about this um, more about in human psychology. So the behavior of loss aversion means markets in the pattern will resemble more slow and steady rise in prices similar to walking up the stairs. And as people get more and more confident of the market, greed picks up and people trying to get more back than the market will provide. And this um, greed slowly increases over time. And when humans feel fear, they act similar to a herd animal that are more strongly affected by emotions of flight and fight. Um, and that kicks in, the hormone of the adrenaline is released in the brain, which this, this hormone kept our ancestors tens, hundreds of thousands of years ago. We evolved to have this uh, kind of fight or flight reaction um, <clears throat> to keep us safe from kind of the, the bear in the woods. It's the same as the bear in the markets. Um, it's kind of kept our um, kept us out of kept us ideally designed to keep us or evolved to keep us um, safe. So this is this part of the brain kind of kicks in and our fight or flight. But this is this works against us in investing. <clears throat> so we're not evolved to um, be good investors. We're not necessarily evolved to. Um, um, last until 70, 80 years old. But we'll talk more about this in psychology. So the emotion caused a, a panic and people gen, flee the market. And this is what's causing markets crashes because there's a more pain associated to loss aversion. People like to get out of the market and it caused what we call up. So if you look at any pattern of uh, graphs, it moves up the stairs, so slowly up and then it moves down out the window so as it kind of crashes that's how patterns look if you look at um look at 2008 the FTSE 100 it kind of follows that pattern um pretty closely so the faster markets move up the more likely it's going to come down again 
So in the short term, these small waves or trends can be ridden, ridden like a surfer riding the waves. It's often not known at the time if this wave will turn into a trend or keep going, or it will maybe turn into a fad, a short um, kind of um, uh, like a, a short um, spike up and then a kind of a, a crash down again. So a short high and then a sudden <coughs> sharp drop. So if you're experienced or you don't have a diverse uh, diversified in either assets, the markets. This may cause a lot of pain or maybe even fatal to your financial well-being. So in 1860, um, this economist called Juggler uh, identified economic cycles as being 7 to 11 years long. And the business cycle has four distinctive characteristics um, argued by economist uh, Schumpeter. And four cycles has um, recovery, expansion, crisis, and recession. So think of these like the seasons. This is the, I guess, the one main takeaway from this chapter. So the business cycle is like the seasons. So there's not, there's no right or wrong within um, market cycles. They're just different. So the winter is it can be a good thing. Recessions can be a good thing because, like a winter, it clears out um, all the bugs that would. Um, that basically would eat eat the eat, eat your roses in the summer if they weren't killed during the winter. To continue that analogy, so a good winter kind of frost kills a lot of the bugs that will eat the fruits um, when it comes to autumn. So it's not good or bad; it's just different. That's a, that's my main takeaway from this this chapter. So a spring. Um, of the business cycle, so green shoots of growth and recovery. So think of back we 2000, 2008 there was a crash, and then kind of two thousand nine, two thousand ten, there was there's lots of kind of businesses that have started up. If you look at the stock market, it rose really quickly. So stocks recovers from low prices. There there was considerable unemployment, um, a small volume of businesses, but this unemployment, although it's bad for the individual, is actually good for businesses because you can get great employers for relatively cheap because they're looking for jobs so as a from a business overall point of view this is a good thing for them for the market and for humans um, and capitalism <clears throat> capitalism which is the the businesses or the um, the well the, the thing we we're using every day so the summer of the business um, of the business uh, cycle is prosperity expansion increased product, production and prices labor is fully employed and the cost of doing business increases the selling price increases and markets become large and overbought so companies grow really quickly and sometimes they become large and overbought which means they're overpriced essentially and then that leads to like the autumn which is the next or the fall which is probably a better description for the business cycle so prices decline goods are forced onto the market the, the volume of business decreases prices decline rapidly that's where the fall comes in so it can markets do fall because they're overpriced people become overconfident and end up paying for more than they they should do this brings crisis and market crashes bankruptcy of firms occur this isn't bad. This is like a summer sale. If you if you're a savvy investor, you can keep cash for when this happens, and then you can go and buy stocks on the ch on the cheap. Essentially, then we come lastly to winter. So with winter breeds prosperity. So although people think winter's bad, it leads to prosperity. The cold of the winter can lead um, can lead to good things. So the volume of business is low. 
costs and price or business decreases, like the winter of the season, anything that unproductive, uh, unproductive dies, giving space for new shoots of revival. So the experienced investor is like an expert gardener who has witnessed many seasons and knows when a business is ripe for rebalancing, we'll talk rebalancing later, but essentially it's ripe for picking. So you can um, pick that apple off that tree because you know that if you don't take that apple now, it's either going to fall to the floor or it's going um, to rot on the vine, which is good to no one. So like an orange that's been left on the branch too long. A company that's not been harvested by rebalancing can rot. So all bull markets, so bull markets and markets that are going up are more or less the same. They are born on pessimism. They are grown on skepticism. They mature on optimism. And then they die on euphoria. So a really good example of this is Bitcoin recently. So if you follow that market like everyone was really pessimistic at the start because they were like oh, what's this bitcoin about but then it grew really quickly people were still skepticism skeptic what is this bitcoin what does it do and then it, people understood it and you saw the price rise people were like oh it's got really optimistic about it and then it, the price went nuts people were saying like predicting a hundred thousand pounds for one bitcoin it went into euphoria everyone was like oh you can't lose on bitcoin and then people kind of didn't know what they were doing got in the market and it caused the prices to shoot up this happens over and over again so i've created a, a business matrix where you, you could be i'll give access to you on a website or please email me um, it shows kind of the summer the fall the spring and the winter um so i've taken the bot uh, um ideas from peter drucker the boston business matrix kind of twisted it with uh, Benjamin Graham who talked about value investing um, had a, a bit of a sprinkle of Warren Buffett and then a kind of a twist of um, Jim Slater um, it basically shows what type of companies are most common in each business cycle so we talk about fleas but we've talked that about before so these are small growing companies these are really good in the spring fleas can jump and most common in the spring so elephants are large companies. We talk about these elephants don't gallop. These kind of FTSE 100 companies, lumbering kind of companies, slow moving, often pay a dividend and are most common in the autumn. Horses, so these are kind of value companies. These are um, maybe take a long time to build up but uh, and take a lot of time to look after. So I would say Coca-Cola would be a classic kind of horse because it's been going for so long. It's, it's an expensive stock to buy. Um, but if you look after it, it's it's ridden out any recession. If you look back, hard, even kind of nine, the 90s recession, um, the 2008 recession, Coca-Cola still ro rose during this time. So even though it's expensive, horses gallop um, and they jump as well. They're often expensive, but they're most common in summer. And then uh, finally, dogs are... Um, uh, these come in the winter and even go bust or they will turn into a value company. So these are, these are unloved companies. This is what Benjamin Graham's really good at. So his um, book, Intelligent Investor, basically look, he look for unloved companies essentially where there's value in it. So an example of this would be um, the Yellow Pages. I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> but the Yellow Pages used to be a thick kind of page of um, you know, if you look for a business, you'd go and have a look in the yellow pages. This, obviously, with the internet, it basically died a death, but the company's still around, and it's now created itself, Yell.com. 
So I'm not. This is. I'm not recommending this stock, but this is just an education advantage. So now Yale.com would be. Now it's if you bought it as a yellow pages, but they've basically rebranded themselves as Yale.com, and now they're one of the leading um, kind of search engines or whatever they do. But it's it's quite a clever business model because they were down in the dumps for so long being dogs but now they've all, almost rebranded themselves as a kind of a startup almost like a flea again and if they're successful then they and they make profits then they'll turn into a horse and then the cycle repeats itself and if they get too successful then they turn into an elephant and then it it's like um yeah it's this is my theory so yeah have a look i'll put it on my website or send it for more um more information in my other books so just to summarize so um, a business cycle moves like us like the season so spring summer winter and autumn and different companies do well in different types of the business cycle so knowing this can you can benefit and also you can build you can also build your portfolio so it's essentially season proof you can season proof by having different assets and different um, in your portfolio this means you benefit from any any time of the business cycle so essentially you don't need to worry about if it's if you're in a, heading for a winter because you know you've got companies so gold for instance does really well in recessions because um, it's a peace of mind that you know that you're going to benefit um, from any um, eventuality and it also depends on your risk profile so next chapter we're going to talk about risk in much more detail in chapter seven this is millennial money mindset thank you so much for joining us um that is my chapter six of my book millennial money mindset it will be available it's available on amazon and kindle version thanks again uh, please keep up the five star reviews because it helps with my rankings thanks again cheers Sounds alright.